Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee. Talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. A very good evening to you or whatever time of day it is when you're consuming off the tee or bit live or whether you're catching up on the podcast. Either way, it's wonderful to have you on board our dedicated golf show. So much to talk about in this week in golf, all the results, all the news and the open. Mm. The fourth major of the year to sink our teeth into and do an in-depth preview. I've no one better to do all of that with than the former world number 16, the only man who's beaten Tiger Woods twice from two attempts in match play golf. Nick, two and O'Hearn. Hello, mate. G'day, uh, Sam. Great to be with you and your son, Charlie, Well, today. I should introduce our co-host, uh, just given <laughs> the, the timings of the day and the way in which life works. Uh, Charlie's had to accompany me to work today. He turned one Yesterday on the 17th, so if you hear uh, a screaming or um, a ruckus going on in the background, then that is little Charlie Bear. So um, <laughs> he might chime in from time to time. And he loves his golf. Um, I've, I've uh, posted a photo, Nick, when yes. not long after he was born, of me reading your book to him, How to Play Your Best Golf. I'm hoping that that can just sink in subliminally and subconsciously. Um, and that he'll just pick that up and he'll pick up a club very soon and then I won't, I'll just caddy for the rest of my life. That's the goal anyway. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure at all. No pressure, Charlie. He's come with me out to play golf. We've spoken a few times, bubs and clubs. Yes. Great idea that. Yeah. yeah. Just got to work out how to carry him at the same time as carrying a yeah, golf club. That's clubs. proven difficult. I'm <laughs> out of steam by about the third hole. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, anyway, not all about you, Charlie. So <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear from you as the, uh, as the show goes on. Um, why don't we start with uh, Rory McIlroy, especially given that the Open is just around the corner. What a way to get yourself in form looking for his second. He won the Scottish Open like this. Well, he's broken a few Scottish hearts, I'm afraid. But what a finish from Rory McIlroy. McIlroy lands his first victory here in Scotland. Rory, wow, what a finish. Listen, it's your first win on Scottish soil. You've done it. You are the Genesis Scottish Open champion. How proud do you feel in this moment? Uh, really proud. I, uh, that was such a tough day. I mean, so tough, especially the back nine. You know, I bogeyed my last two holes on the front nine to, to um, you know, to go to two over. And I saw Terrell was making a run, obviously. Bob was making a run as well and had an unbelievable finish uh, to play that back nine and four under par to, to win the tournament. Um, yeah, really proud of how I just stuck in there. Uh, hit some amazing shots down the stretch and um, you know, was able to finish it off with a with a really nice putt there. But uh, yeah, feels feels incredible. You know, it's been you know, it's been a sort of long six months I feel since I won in Dubai. Um, I've given myself tons of chances. Um, you know, and hopefully this win sort of breaks the seal for me, especially going into next week as well. 
So Rory McIlroy wins his 24th PGA Tour event. It's his 16th European Tour event. It is co-sanctioned. Yes, Charlie. And what a way to do it, Nick. He birdies the last two holes um, to, I suppose, break the hearts of the Scottish fans and and, and the Scotsman, Rob McIntyre. But let's focus on Rory first and foremost. Um, it's been an up-and-down year for him. He's gone to number two in the world now with this win and it just sets him up perfectly to return to the scene of his 2014 triumph at Royal Liverpool. Yeah, it does. I mean, the thing is he would give it all back for a win next week, I think, mm. uh, at Royal Liverpool at Hoylake uh, for the Open Championship. But it's uh, a great sign for him going into next week, or, or this week now, mm. because uh, he's playing such good golf. And and I, and I followed it closely because they pushed the tee times uh, a little earlier because of the strong winds that were coming, and it was – I thought it was a great test of golf for him because they were playing in 20-mile-an-hour winds up to 30-mile-an-hour gusts at the Renaissance Club there. And and uh, he had to put on a bit of a ball-striking display on that back nine. He got off to a bit of a slow start. He made the turn in two under. I think he birdied uh, the par five tenth. And then on 12, he got away with one, uh, the par three, I think it was, where he thought he had missed this putt. And all of a sudden, it lips in. That kept him within two of McIntyre at that particular point. And McIntyre was just playing a phenomenal round of golf on that back nine as well. We can talk about him as we go. But but Rory uh, came home strong. He, he he knew he needed to birdie the last uh, one of the last two holes to get into a playoff. Uh, if he birdies them both, he gets the win. 16, he, he, he misses a, par, a real opportunity there on the par five, about an eight-footer for, for birdie, which he missed. Yes, I know. I was screaming yep. at him too there, Charlie. That's, that was but everybody. The, but the two shots on the final two holes, he hit a five-iron into 17 through the teeth of this wind. It was a magnificent shot, made that five-footer. And then on 18, he's got a four-iron in his hand, 202 yards to the flag. The wind is ripping into his face. And he backed off and said, no, I don't think this is enough. And I was very thankful when he said that because when I heard he had four on in his hand, I thought, hang on. It just didn't compute, did it? Didn't feel right. He knew he needed to push it. And when you're hitting shots into the wind, this is a great tip for everyone out there. This is an early uh, tip of the week. (laughs) Don't hit the ball too hard into the wind. You want to make it more of a smoother swing. So he went back to the two iron. The commentator said, I think this is too much club. And I thought, no, this is perfect. And he hit a little nice low cut, held up in the wind beautifully to 10 feet. And again, when he rolled the putt halfway down, he stands up because I, he's thinking, oh, I've missed this. This is going to go left. And it falls in the left side, and you can just see him let out a nice laugh. And it was a great win in the end. The other element to it was that he was actually sitting in a, in a, in a divot mark. So, I mean, the other part of your Mizuno tip of the week, hashtag nothing oh. feels like a Mizuno, is, um, you know, being able, understanding the terrain in which your ball lies. And your book goes into great detail about that, how to play your best golf. But that was the mm. other element that he was facing, as well as those howling gale winds. Um, it, it proved a, a big – I mean, it was the decisive moment, wasn't it? Because – and we talk about it every week, that there's always a shot yep. that defines the win. And we thought that Rob McIntyre had had that <laughs> himself on 18 – but it proves that it turns out that it was actually Rory. Yeah, so before McIntyre played that hole, there'd only one person had birdied the 18th hole all day. It had been the mm. toughest hole on the golf course. He rips a little three-wood in there to six feet, makes birdie, and thinking, wow, okay, Scotland is going to have a new hero because no one had won the Scottish Open from Scotland since uh, Colin Montgomery in 1999, so yep. it had been a long drought. Rory hadn't won ever in Scotland, so this was obviously a big moment for him and for him to step up and hit that two iron through the breeze. He called it the best shot he's hit all year. 
and then to convert the putt. He, he actually needs luck like that where he thinks he's missed and it goes in. It's almost a week too early in my mind. Mm. You'd love for him to not, not, not miss the putt but have a bit of luck like that go his way at a major championship because that's really the missing ingredient for him at the biggest uh, events and on the biggest stage. Yeah, he's a four-timer, as we know. Um, Brooks has gone past him now with uh, his win um, this year, uh, his major win this year uh, at the PGA Championship to be a five-timer. And um, we we always tip the cap to Brooks. He's an absolute star. But it, it, I think everybody felt like Rory was just going to win so many more majors when he burst on the scene in the manner uh, that he did. And we'll talk more about it when we, we speak about the British Open. But how heavy... Does it, do, you, do you feel like it, it hangs um, over the head of Rory McIlroy, given that his last major um, was 2014 when he won the Open and, and also the PGA Championship? It's, it's, it's closing on 10 years, and that's the frustration that he feels as well, Charlie. That is exactly right. Yeah. It's hard to fathom that he hasn't won a major in almost 10 years. It really mm. is, especially the last few years where he's been playing some incredible golf, and he always seems to be up there. And I think it, it weighs heavily on him. I mean, he's very passionate, obviously, about uh, the Masters especially because that would complete the career grand slam for him. But any major at this stage, obviously, he would take. But he's got, mm. obviously, coming into this week, some incredibly good vibes and feelings from the last time he was there when, when he won the Open, uh, won at White Wire, funnily enough, back then. And um, hopefully he can also reproduce that result as well. But We'll see how the week progresses. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Bob McIntyre before we uh, move on. Um, what a performance from him and, and almost the fairy tale. Um, this is a guy that's top 10 at the Open Championship a few years ago and he, he could not have played any better uh, no. on the final day. He just came up against the man who's now number two in the world. Yeah, and, and he's been playing obviously very good golf of late. He had the lead in Denmark last week where he unfortunately made a triple bogey early on the back nine and basically threw the golf tournament away. That's where uh, Rasmus Hoygaard ended up beating Nacho Vera in a playoff. So he had form coming into this week. Um, the the back nine where he showed the poise to hit the shots to make the putts under pressure because he would have he would have been feeling that, ho- that that hometown love and that willing him on and then to actually execute in the biggest stage he hit a pretty ordinary tee shot off eighteen hit this nice little low snipe kind of left slice for a left hander but as it turned out it left him a perfect yardage. Got a pretty good lie in the rough, hit a little low ball at three wood, and we were calling that the shot of the year until about 20 minutes later, uh, Rory McIlroy decided to hit the two-iron of the year. So so talk us through, because Twitter erupted um, when McIntyre hits that. What Talk us through the shot I- mm. itself and what he had to do and, and, and how he did it. Well, yeah, he ha- the yardage wasn't that far. As, you know, when I'm talking that far, it was probably about 210, 220 yards, but it is into a 20, 25-mile-an-hour wind. So it's set up perfectly for a left-hander, funnily enough, where he could take it up the right, hit a little knockdown three-wood fade. You could see him take a bit of a divot after he hit the ball. The danger zone there was if he got a flyer and he just got too much, but it cut up perfectly. I thought the 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 vision that we saw on the TV was unbelievable. You could yeah. see the ball, especially from behind the green. You see it take off, rise, and then curve, and the way it landed beautifully and rolled towards the flag. And when he made that putt, it was as though – He'd won the British Open, you know, with, with all the local support that he had. It was just a magnificent moment for him. And the other thing I think it does is it gives him incredible belief and hopefully 
the and gives him enough points in the standings to be able to play the Ryder Cup, uh, which is coming up at a course that he's won before, Marco Simone in Italy. So we'll we'll see how that pans out as well. Uh, and he's jumped just outside the world top fifty as well. He was outside the top one hundred, so he's made up an extraordinary mm. amount of ranking points uh, over the last um, well from from this performance and and recent performances. You spoke about how close he was at Denmark as well. So he's a he's a man on the charge. Uh, it would have been a special moment for for, for the Scottish fans as well, but it wasn't to be. Um, so Rory just shapes brilliantly and in, in really good form. Just the Aussies um, who were, were playing as well. Um, yeah, Minwoo Lee had a nice solid week, uh, tied for 35th. His scores were very consistent, 68, 69, 70, 68, something like that I think it was in the end. So a good solid yep. week for, for Minwoo. And the good thing I like about him there, there was a lot of trying conditions and his scores were more consistent. He didn't throw in a 74 or a 75, which you which you happen to see along the way. And uh, Lucas Herbert tied for 60th as well. But also on the New Zealand front, being, you know, we're an Australasian show here, right? Yes. We had uh, Ryan Fox there at tied yeah, for 12th. Yeah, tied for 12th. Yeah, really good result for him. And I, I think he's a bit of a dark horse for the uh, for the Open Championship. He loves to flight the a ball. Smoky. Yeah, I think so. He's uh, got a lot of power in his game, and it's really just a matter of whether he gets going with the putter. Tied for 12th, uh, Minwoo Lee tied 35th. Daniel Hilliard from New Zealand uh, after um, his performance last week was tied 54th. Lucas Herbert tied for 60. Adam Scott, Harrison Endicott, Cam Davis and Aaron Baddeley uh, all miss the cut. So that was the Genesis Scottish Open. A big win to Rory McIlroy. And we will talk more about his chances ahead of the 151st Open at Royal Liverpool. We've still got to talk about Steph Kuriakou's finish from one Steph to another. Steph Curry and what he has done in the world of golf this week. That's all still to come. And a whole lot more on Off the Tee. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off the Tee. Talking all things golf with Nico Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Uh, welcome back to Off the Tee. All the golf news this week for Ping Golf. Use Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best. Ping Golf equipment is custom engineered, custom fit, and custom built for you to play your best. Before we get into our big uh, open preview, Royal Liverpool, looking forward to that starting uh, in a couple of days' time. Um, Steph Kuriaku Nick's had her best performance at an LPGA uh, event at the Dana Open um, and, and threatened in the final group. Yeah, she did. She was actually tied second heading into the final day, trailing Lynn Grant, who had set the tournament on fire earlier in the week with a with a nine under par 62. She was almost on 59 watch there for a while as well, which is fascinating, until a spectator said, do you think you can shoot 59? This was to Lynn Grant. <laughs> Worst thing you can say to a player who's on fire, but uh, a great win in the end for Lynn. Uh, the Swede golfer, but Steph finished in a tie for fourth. She had a real chance there to sneak up into a little bit better position, but made a bogey on 17, but came back with a nice birdie there on 18. But for uh, for Lynn Grant, uh, a great win for the Swede. This was her, well, she'd won five times in Europe on the Ladies European Tour. This is her first win in the US. And let me tell you something, watch out for this lady going forward because she is going to be in the top five in the world in no time, I don't think. So uh, just one of the best ball strikers in the game and a, and uh, and one heck of a player. But it was a really good week for all of the Aussies, to be honest. Uh, Minji Lee was up there as well, finishing tied seventh. Grace Kim was in 11th position, shot a final round 69. And Gabby Ruffles again playing nice, solid golf, tied for 23rd. 
and Sue O and Sarah Kemp also made the cut. So a very solid week for a lot of the Australian golfers there. But uh, it was all in Grant. And the person who actually finished second was the US Open women's champion, Alison Corpus. So another good week for her. Yeah, it's two good weeks in a row. So at the end of the month, uh, they'll all be off to the Evian Championship mm. for the next major on the women's scene. Hey, from one step to another, <laughs> from the golfing world to the basketball world, making a foray into the golfing world, this was Steph Curry. Multiple championship winning Golden State Warrior, one of the greatest of all time. Changed the game of basketball. Shooter's going to shoot, and this was Steph shooting an ace. Boy, this is right at it if it gets there. How about that? <laughs> well, hey, Raj, all I'll say is this. I think he pulled the right claw. So that was Steph Curry at the American Century Championship uh, on Sunday on the shores of Lake Tahoe at Edgewood, Tahoe. Uh, Steph Curry on the par 3 seventh binned one and took off down the fairway very in very similar fashion, albeit with a lot more coordination than Andy Marr did uh, when he got his hole-in-one uh, <laughs> of recent times. Um, this is this. Tell us about this tournament, Nick, first and foremost, before we speak about the game that Steph Curry's actually got in the golfing mm. world. Well, it's a celebrity tournament. You have some athletes, some actors, whoever, just who think they can play some pretty good golf and they throw them in front of a big crowd who are really revved up. You've got the guy from The Fresh Prince doing the Carlton all the time. What's his name? Uh, Ryan, what's, I just thought his name was Carlton. No, uh, okay. I'm trying to remember his name. But anyway, uh, yep. it's it's one of those events where it's just full of fun and, and you also see some very good golf. I tell you, one of the best celebrity golfers and sports people is uh, is Marty Fish. He's a left-handed golfer. He's won this tournament before. Tony Romo's also very good. Annika Sorumston played this year and has played in past years, but it's a, a fantastic event that was started by a buddy of mine years ago, Mike Flasky, actually, uh, over in the States. He also used to run the Diamond Resorts one where the pros played with the celebrities, but this one's a celebrity-only event, and the way Steph Curry took off down that par three was... I thought he was going to do a Tony Finau for a bit where he might have rolled the ankle, <laughs> but luckily he kept it together. He did. And he made eagle on 18 to actually win the whole tournament. And the scoring system, because I think um, Marty Fish, you spoke about, had a better mm. score off the stick. But the scoring system, eagle is good for six points, uh, three points for a birdie, one point for a par, and minus two points for a double bogey um, or worse. So Marty Fish comes runner-up. Uh, Joe Pavleski, Pavlevsky, um, Pav- no, Pavelski uh, from the Dallas Stars. Uh, he was third. Um, former Major League pitcher Mark Mulder was fourth. New York Jets my New York Jets quarterback, uh, Aaron Rodgers, was in fifth. Uh, Annika Sorenstam uh, played as well. Um, and so there, and Tony Romo, uh, who you mentioned, came in tied for eighth. And Charles Barkley was 81st. Well, I tell you what, Steph. Yeah. <laughs> With that awful, awful it, swing. It's no surprise Barkley was back <laughs> in the field. But uh, Steph Curry, to his credit, he not only comes up clutch on the basketball field, uh, basketball uh, court, but also on the golf course because if he makes birdie on the last, he doesn't win. Marty Fish mm. does, and he drained about a twenty footer, and he went nuts, and it was brilliant to watch. Uh, shooter's going to shoot. Hey, who, who? What's the biggest name celebrity that you've played with? Uh, Tony Romo. 
Yeah, uh, if you know him, the, the yeah, absolutely. former and Dallas now brilliant Cowboys. Too. Yeah, yeah, I played with Tony, and then uh, a couple of the guys like you know the Transformers guy. What's his name? Uh, Josh Demarle and Oliver Hudson and things like that. So right. I played with a few. Actually, I had a here's a little story for you. I don't know if I've told you this before, but I played a practice round in the Pebble Beach tournament one year, the AT and T, when we used to play with the amateurs, and yeah. uh, this guy was on the tee and. And he looked like a pro. And as we teed off to play in a practice round, I said, oh, which two do you play? He says, oh, no, I'm one of the celebrities. I said, oh, okay, what are you doing? He said, I'm a musician. I said, would well, I've heard of any of your songs? And he goes, well, i got the number one song in the country right now. <laughs> it was Jake Owen, the country singer. So, Jake uh, Owen, the country yeah. singer. So anyway, yeah, that was uh, – sorry, he, sorry, Jake, but uh, – Are you a country convert now? Oh, well, you, I am now, yeah, yeah. obviously. So, do you want I, to sing us a few bars? Uh, no. No, okay. I can play a little guitar, but I'm not going to sing. <laughs> Uh, so that was uh, that was phenomenal from Steph Curry. So he went viral twice in in the space of about uh, a couple of hours. Uh, so that was the American Century Championship uh, on Sunday. Back to more uh, regulation style golf, um, the Barbasol. Mm. So a strange situation. We've got two co-sanctioned events that are happening at the same time uh, on the same weekend, um, which was one of the interesting decisions that's got to make got made against, I suppose, the, the common, the general consensus from, from the playing group that, that they weren't quite sure why this was happening, and uh, but it is. And um, it was run and won at the Keen Trace Golf Club uh, champion Trace course, uh, $3.8 million person. Uh, the Swede, Vincent Norman, uh, got the win. Yeah, I quite like it, actually, the fact that they have another tournament going on between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour. So we obviously had the Scottish Open on, but they also hosted in America the Barbasol Tournament. So a lot of the DP World Tour uh, players actually went across, and Vincent uh, beat Nathan Kinsman, I think his name was, in a playoff so uh, Nathan actually plays on the DP World Tour. So if he'd have won, he would have been a PGA Tour Kimsey. member. Kimsey, yep. sorry. So it's a great opportunity for the DP World Tour players to to actually get their PGA Tour card if they so wish. So this is part of the whole strategic alliance and how they're uh, how they're going forward there. But Vincent was actually very lucky. He had to hold an eight foot bogey putt on the final hole to get into the playoff because he made a bit of a mess of the final hole. But we had a few Aussies playing as well, which was good. Cameron Percy had a nice week, tied for 16. Yeah, he did. Um, 70, 69, 65 on the thir- in the third round, and then a uh, final day, 69. Um, Jason Scrivener tied for 40, and Greg Chalmers tied for 66. Uh, Jeff Ogilvie um, missing the cut, mm. 78 and a 71. Very un-Jeff-like. It, yeah, it is. But uh, he's been playing some steady golf and getting back into the competitive mix uh, the Aramco uh, on the LET. So Nelly Corder, who has been my tip for the last two majors and um, and really not played anywhere near uh, her best, uh, returned to her best, uh, taking the win at Centurion Club, which hosted the, the most recent live event. Um, there's a team aspect and an individual aspect uh, to it as well, but it's good to see um, the world number two um, doing what she does best, and that's winning. Yes. And winning well. Uh, winning well. Four-shot win over Charlie Hull, who had such a good week at the U.S. Women's Open yeah. last week. So great to see the two superstars of the tournament performing well. But uh, Nelly, she's been coming back from injury and working her way back into the game. So uh, obviously form is definitely there now, and maybe in the next major, the Evian Championship, she can carry that forward. Uh, we had an Australian, Kirsten Rudgley from WA, make the cut tied for 28th. So a solid solid week there for Kirsten. Uh, and New Zealand's Momoko Kabori uh, was tied alongside her in 28th position as well. Whitney Hillier missed the cut, unfortunately. Um, just before we head to the break and come back with uh, our preview of the 151st Open Championship, um, the PGA Tour champions at Colleague Companies, um, at mm. Co- the, sorry, the Colleague Companies Championship at Firestone in Akron 
Ohio, in the hometown of LeBron James. <laughs> Steve Stricker again. Again. Well, this is actually a major. I didn't realise it was a major, but when I saw him play four rounds, I thought, oh, it must be a major. So uh, Firestone, I'm not sure if it was the senior players or the senior PGA, who knows, but uh, that's his third major this year. I think they have five in total. That's his seventh overall. Just incredible. But a couple of Aussies did pretty well there. Rod Pampling tied 16th and Mark Hensby tied 21st. But I never enjoyed that Firestone golf course. It always used to beat me up pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Tiger loved it. I think he won about eight times around there. Beautifully done. So all up to date on all things making news uh, for Ping Golf equipment so you can play your best. Of course, um, next week we'll take a a bit more of a look at the findings of the Senate inquiry into the PIF um, and the PGA Alliance. Some interesting revelations that have come out of there, Nick, but we might just give a little bit more time to that uh, when we've got a bit more time. But given it is a a major week, then we need to dedicate most of our attention to that. Um, the most notable one, though, after Rory's comments that if he, uh, if the, if the, mm. if the live tour was the last place on earth to play, he'd retire. Um, well, they wanted Rory in a big way. They wanted him to be one of the part of the franchises. They wanted him to come and play some of the events. Don't think that will be happening. But interesting that Rory did meet. Uh, with the head of the PIF uh, late last year. So there's a bit to talk about, and we'll dedicate a bit more time to it, maybe on next week's show. But given they're not going to have a a finding from that inquiry till when? Uh, In December, I believe, is when they need to come to the formalised agreement of some sort. They've agreed to agree at this stage. (laughs) Well, we'll agree to give more time to it uh, next week. When we come back, we will preview the 151st Open. Sam Hargrove's Nick Ahern. This is Off The Tee. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee, talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Brilliant, quite brilliant. What a back nine. So that was how Cam Smith finished up on the final day of the 150th Open Championship. That was at St Andrews, the home of golf this year for the 151st. Nick Ahern, we go to Royal Liverpool for the first time since 2014 where Rory McIlroy got his first Open and it felt like it had been a long time coming for him and for the golfing world. Uh, we're back at Royal Liverpool again and it is wa- as wide open as uh, I can remember an Open being. Yeah, it certainly is. And Cam Smith has the opportunity to do something that only one other person has done, and that's uh, go back-to-back in the uh, Opens. Actually, he's not the only person to have done it, but uh, Australians in that sense, because Peter Thompson did it back uh, in 1950. Well, he did it three times, actually, 1954, 55, 56. And in 55 and 56, he did it at St Andrews and Hoylake. So the Omens are there for Cam Smith to go back-to-back being he won at St Andrews and now this week we're obviously back at Hoylake and uh, I do fancy his chances there. He's been playing some very good golf of late, won one of the live events, uh, has been doing well in the majors and Lynx golf is right up his alley because it's going to test out all his creativity and as we know with Cam Smith, he is basically one of the best putters in the world, if not the best. So uh, we'll definitely be seeing him at the top of the leaderboard in some sense, I would imagine, at the end of the week. So, I mean, this is all the heritage, all the prestige, all the history uh, that comes with the Open Championship. Just for you, what what does it mean to you, this tournament? Well, it's funny, you know, whenever I think of the the Open or the British Open, however you want to call the, the golf tournament, I always just remember being a kid waking up, uh, well, sorry, watching it 
uh, late into the evening and then waking up as early as I possibly could to see the finishing stages uh, of the BBC coverage. You had Peter Ayles, that beautiful voice that used to wax lyrical all the time with uh, some very just fascinating uh, commentary about everything golf, whether it be people standing in the sea or watching a golf ball fly off into the distance. But uh, obviously there's a lot of history involved there from an Australian. We had Peter Thompson, they call him five times. You know, we saw Greg Norman win twice, 86 and 93. Ian Baker Finch, one of the nicest guys you'd ever hope to meet. He won in 91 at Birkdale. And uh, Kel Nager won in 1960. And, um, you know, so the, and obviously Cam Smith last year. So for Australians, there is a lot of history in this golf tournament. I wish Adam Scott had won that one back in 2012. That's uh, that's still a tough one, I'm sure, to take. But uh, And I'm sure he probably thinks about it as well. And I, he's another player. I do fancy his chances. He's had a little bit of form coming in. He, he did miss the cut the other week, I think. Well, he did miss the cut at the Scottish, I think. But, um, but he, from Tita Green, is one of the best ball strikers around. And watching Scotty, you almost think he is a player that deserves to have two majors at the end of his career. He's not a one-major kind of guy. So uh, him and... So another player like Sergio or whatever, you know, they they deserve two majors. Those sorts of players. Um, your best finish uh, was at uh, St. St Andrews, Andrews uh, yeah. tied fifteenth in two thousand and five. Tied for fifteenth, yeah. But tie, the the two times I played at St Andrews was two thousand, two thousand five, and and Tiger Woods won both times. No surprises there. But um, I always loved playing the old golf, the old course. It was just just an incredible venue. The history. There And with all the open uh, golf course, the rotations, I was fortunate to play Hoylake in 2006 when Tiger Woods won again. Funnily enough, he keeps winning all these majors that I play in. But, so he uh, was back-to-back 05, 06, 06, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And then Harrington, I think, was 07, 08 because he did it at um, Carnoustie and Birkdale. So there have been back-to-back winners before. Yeah, there have. Um, and uh, that was – so for four years, only two players uh, were able to, to claim the Claret Jug. And – uh, speaking of the Claret Jug, Cam Smith, last year's winner, um, when asked about how he felt having to hand it back <laughs> this week, this is what he had to say. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice to be back. I just had to hand back the trophy there. I, th- I, I thought I was going to do all right, but I was actually holding back some tears. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been saying to all my mates. It'll only be a week and we'll be drinking out of it again. But uh, that's kind of... <laughs> You know, you never know. Sometimes you can play your best golf at major championships and, and you can run fourth or fifth. So... Um, yeah, hopefully it's another week like last year and um, I'm back with the trophy. So to do it in the 150th year, to to, to be that next Australian, to, to claim that Claret Jug and to get his first major, um, he comes in, in in really good form. He he won the most recent live event, Live London at Centurion. He did it in, in really good style too. Um, as you said before, he is putting as well as, if not better than anyone in the world right now. His sand game is as good as anybody in the world right now. So why don't we go through the major Australian yeah. hopes before we try and find uh, an overall winner. Uh, Lynx golf, very different, and you'll explain to us why, but Cam's realistic chances for you? Oh, definitely a realistic chance. Uh, he's number seven in the world, and the world rankings, well, what do they mean now? Obviously, he's been going back a little bit with the uh, – being part of the live, but uh, the one thing that I always worry about with Cam is he's a little wild off the tee, and the one thing about Royal Liverpool that they're playing at is these pot bunkers that 
uh, typically lining both sides of the fairway. So you do need to be accurate off the tee. Funnily enough, when we go back to 2006 and when Tiger won, well, it was firm and fiery and fast, and he might have hit only one or two drivers for the week because he was hitting it sideways. He just decided to hit irons off every tee, lay mm. well back, and then hit long irons in. It was one of the most incredible ball-striking displays ever to hit an iron yeah, off every tee. I think he only tee. used to drive it once, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, and I think he missed that fairway by two fairways. So <laughs> it was a good decision. Yep. Uh, Stevie Williams played a fair part in that. but um, so, yeah, so that's the one worrying factor with Cam. Can he keep it a little, on, you know, on the straight and narrow off? the tee but it'll depend on how the course plays i've heard uh, they've got a little bit of rain but they're going to get some wind it's firmer than 2014 when rory won it it was quite soft then which rory does love the soft conditions so if it plays a bit firmer and faster well that opens the field up but i think to uh, more chances of winners um when we have a look at the the rest of the aussies um normally there's a a great document that i go to that says every um aussies chances um going into this, but let's just start with Adam Scott. So you mentioned him before as it seems almost unthinkable that the man with maybe the most picturesque swing mm. in golf has just the one major to, to his name. Yeah. Well, he that... has been, he was tied for fifth uh, the last time that it was at Royal Liverpool in 2014, uh, the year that Rory won. And, and so too was Mark Leishman actually tied for fifth mm. that year. Yeah, from tee to green, it's hard to go past Adam Scott in any case. So for him, the big question mark has always been, will he putt well enough and will he hold up down the stretch? Obviously, in 2012 at Royal Lytham, he couldn't quite do that. He bogeyed the last four holes to finish second behind Ernie Els. But he's been playing steady golf of late, getting a few top tens here and there. His best result's been tied fifth at Charlotte. He's currently ranked number 39 in the world, so he's been in that top 50 for a long, long time. And this is his 22nd Open Championship, so that's one heck of a long stretch for playing uh, this prestigious event. So uh, I, I fancy him to be up there. Whether he's you know, going to be a contender come Sunday, who knows. But I think for him, if he's in the top 15 or top 20 going uh, at the end of the week, that'll be a solid result. Uh, Minwoo Lee inside the top five um, at the, the last major, which was the US Open at the LACC, um, has been in, in really good form of late and playing some great golf. Yeah, he had a good steady week, as I said earlier, at the Scottish. Uh, some nice solid scores there. He's only played one Open Championship last last year at St. Andrews, where he finished tied for 21st. It's been an interesting year, a little bit of uh, streaky performances uh, back and forth, but uh, tied second at Abu Dhabi at the start of the year was his his best finish. But as you said, he finished uh, tied fifth at the US Open. So he's getting used to these big moments, these big stages, and and if he can just keep that consistency uh, over the four rounds, I think he has a very, very good chance. And he, he might be, I, I think for me, possibly the, the, the biggest chance out of the Aussies other than Cam Smith. Um, Lucas Herbert, our, our next best ranked. Actually, I think it might be Jason Day. We might have missed him there. because We he's, have missed Jason yeah, Day. He, and we, he, he's we... actually number 27 in the world. So, you know, <laughs> that's some pretty good fair form. And he has played 10 British Opens. And as we know, since the start of, or the end of last year, he's been coming into some great form. He's been a bit hit, hit and miss of late, uh, but his best performance was tied fourth at the Open in 2015 at St. Andrews. So he knows how to play Lynx golf, but it's it's always a bit of a toss-up with Jason, I think, of late as to how he'll go, depending on does he get there early, does he play more bit of Lynx golf to get into it, because he's a very much a high ball hitter these days. So uh, if he can change trajectories, flight it down a bit more and play under the wind, we'll, uh, we'll see how that pans out. Um, so let's get to Lucas Herbert, five of the 10 making their open championship debut. So there's a, there's a fair few Aussies actually in the field through de- uh, various methods of, um, of qualification. Uh, but what about Lucas Herbert? 
Yeah, again, I think he loves the big stage, much like Min Woo. Um, what is he currently? I think he's ranked 56 in the world. Uh, his first, again, Open was last year. Had a nice result, tied 15th. That's what I did in my uh, my best performance. But, you know, uh, Lu- Lucas is hot and cold, and you never know, quite know what you're going to get. He is one of the best putters in the world, so that's definitely uh, a positive. And, and I think if the wind picks up, the only th- downside to Lucas is he does put quite a bit of spin on the ball. He has that sort of low yeah. to high trajectory, and that can be a bit of a worrying factor when you've got to flight shots down a bit. He's done a lot of work on his driving mm. recently to be able to work the ball both ways. Um it was one thing I think he spoke to us about when we had a chat to him, the work he's done there. Um, th- you mentioned too that the good thing is that if you're not trusting your driver off the tee, it, it's not a necessity uh, at this course. So that could be something that holds him in good stead. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he is a very good long iron player. Yeah. So uh, that, he, he may take the tiger which out so and just lay min, it up. Which so is Min Woo. Yeah, well, he hits his two iron further oh. than I hit my driver. So <laughs> maybe his four iron further than I hit my driver, actually. <laughs> so. So, yeah, that's Charlie right, Charlie. Like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, look out for Lucas, I think, come week's end, given how good a putter and how good a competitor he is. I think that's the biggest thing with Lucas. He loves to compete in these big championships. Uh, so we've got a ton of other Aussies that are playing as well. Um, Travis Smythe, uh, who qualified via the Open Qualifying Series. He was third at the World City Championship. Dave Michaluzzi by winning uh, the Australasia Order of Merit, the um, the PGA Tour of Australasia Order of Merit playing in his first Open as well. Harrison Crow, the amateur, because he won the 2022 Asia-Pacific Asia Pacific amateur. So he played in the Masters as an amateur, and he's now going to be playing at the Open uh, as an amateur as well. And, and then I think that would then see him make the jump into the professional ranks. So another really um, important experience on his pathway. It is, yeah. And he's, well, is he more famous for hitting that shot over the uh, the Old Course Hotel? <laughs> no, not the Old Course Hotel, but from the uh, from the pub at, uh, at St. Andrews on to the 18th Green. But it'll be a great experience for him to, to play in his debut Open. Uh, a couple others that finally that are playing, Hayden Barron. Yeah. He got in through the uh, the Australian Open last year. Remember, he's sinking that long putt on the yes. last for Eagle to, yes, to get did. him into the Open. So that's awesome for the West Australian. And then Connor McKinney, another West Aussie, who, who went through uh, all the qualifying and, and did the final qualifying stage at Dundonald Links down the road and uh, and managed to get an open berth. So what a fantastic yeah. experience for the young West Australian as well. So they're the Aussies that are competing um, and they're looking to become the sixth Australian to to be able to hoist the, the claret jug. So in terms of the overall field, so this is where it gets really interesting, Nick. Mm. I mean, we've t- spoken about the realistic chances uh, of the Australians who are, who are competing. When you have a look at the rest of the fields, and when we is is how they've gone in majors throughout the course of the year. A good judge, Victor Hovland, of course, has been at the pointy end of of of, um, of the Masters and also the PGA, and then was in the top twenty for the U.S. Open. Scotty Scheffler, you mentioned before, I don't think he finishes outside top five, top ten um, at the moment. Just the putting. So, is the perform- Brooks Kepka's performance this year in majors, having obviously won the Masters and performed well uh, at the other two? So. Is that a guide for us, or it's all out the door with Lynx Golf? Well, I, I, for me, I, I look to the more creative players, I think. So, you know, when you're talking about uh, the majors that are in the US, that's a little bit different style of golf. But, yeah, you know, Scotty Scheffler, he's just so hard to go past because 
doesn't matter what golf you put golf course you put him on, he seems to play well. Top five and, at the Scottish as well. Yeah, exactly. He's <laughs> tied for third, funnily enough. So two two people beat him. It's it's frightening. So I mean, hardly anyone's beaten him this year. But he's the thing for Scotty. He's only won two times. When I say only on the PGA Tour, but he hasn't won a major yet. He hasn't finished outside the top twelve in nineteen starts. Just fathom that for a moment. It's an incredible statistic. So mm. Brooks Kepka, you can never count him off. But I'm not sure Lynx Golf is is really his cup of tea. A couple of the players, or a few of the players that I really like. This week, I think one's Jordan Spieth, but again, it depends on his putter, I would say. Ricky Fowler, I really like the way he plays the game. He did well yes. back in 2014, so right? He, yeah, he had a five under final day mm. and he was um, well back, not, not well, well back, but he, he pushed Rory all the way uh, in the end back in that 2014. So he had a, a 67 on the final day, which is his best round uh, of the tournament to finish two shots back, tied with Sergio and Rory. Um, had a 71, a one under yeah. final day. Yeah, Rory had a six-shot lead. He led wire to wire last time yep. we were at Hoylake and six-shot lead going into the final round. So as you say, Fowler pushed him, but he's obviously been coming back into some great form of late. But Ricky knows how to flight the ball and really play well in the wind. He's got the game for it, and uh, his form of the last few months has been incredible, and he's definitely going to be a Ryder Cup pick. And the other person I would say is a good chance is Tyrrell Hatton. He didn't finish very well yep. at the Scottish the other day. He was leading for a time on the back nine, but... He uh, he loves playing the the Dunhill Links Championship and the, that that Links style golf and look out for him as well. Yeah, I really like Victor uh, as a European player. Mm. He he he's been to these sort of courses before. Um, would have played you know more Links on the way up. So who's your one pick then? Let's go with it. Oh, I, I can't go past Rory at the moment on form. I, it's the mental. It's all the mental yeah. for him that to to put aside the pressure of the fifth major to be able to get the win. Um, but you can't go past him on form at the moment. Um, but I think um, I think Victor makes a really good run at it, and I think Minwoo Lee makes a really good run at it for Australia too. As I think I think there'll be three Aussies uh, inside the top twenty. There you go. The funny thing is that no one at the moment is talking about John Rahm. We haven't really heard Why his name. We? I don't know. That's the funny thing. So I'm not going to pick him because we haven't been talking about him, and no one really has. So I think he's uh, taken well, another a European of, player who came up through that that um, th- that tour. Mm. He loved, should not be counted out the loves, raging bull. loves playing in the wind too. But for me, I'm going to go with Scotty Scheffler. I think finally he's going to hold a few putts because from tee to green, he'll be unstoppable. Much like Rory, it just depends on who gets the putter going. So we'll uh, review it all, of course, on the other side of it. But um, I'll tell you what, it is all shaping up for an incredible uh, open championship. Can Cam go back to back? The first uh, since Padraig Harrington uh, did it. Oh, it's going to be phenomenal. Mm. So we'll um, we'll talk all about that next week. When we finish up, Nick's tip of the week and also the mulligan for this week. That's how we'll close it out on Off The Tee. Live around Australia on SEN, welcome to Off The Tee. Talking all things golf with Nick O'Hearn and Sam Hargraves. Each week on Off The Tee, Nick Ahern hands out a mulligan for someone who really could have used it. So, Nick, who gets the mulligan this week? This week, it was at the Scottish Open. Sam Burns on the par 5, 10th hole. I don't know if you saw it, but yes. he tried to hit it out of the fairway bunker and left it in there up against the lip. Didn't bury and it took forever to make a ruling. And in the end, he left it in there again and ended up making a double or a triple. And that was basically his tournament over. If he just splashes out... Makes par. He really did have a good chance, and it is a birdie hole, but he threw away the tournament. So have another crack there, Sam. Asked for relief as well. And I oh, think yeah. when the uh, admission came out that Rory shouldn't have got relief, I think it was at the US Open in a similar sort of uh, in the grass, but sort of that, that weird lie uh, on the lip. 
I don't think he was ever going to get relief uh, at that moment. So the mulligan this week, very deserving. Yeah, it uh, was. Nick's tip of the week for Mizuno Golf. Find your nearest stockist or fitter at MizunoGolf.com slash AU. Nick, uh, off the tee at SEN.com.au. This is from Jared in West Brunswick. How do I play half or three-quarter shots? Every time I try, I just stop I decelerate, mm. sorry, I decelerate the club and don't hit it anywhere. It's a common problem. And what the generally happens there is because people think I've got to play a half or a three-quarter shot, they usually typically take a full, fuller swing and then try and slow down. So they swing at half and three-quarter pace, hence the deceleration. So a great drill to do in that regard, I find, is to make a much shorter swing than you normally would. Say you hit a seven on 140 metres or so. Try and hit one 100 metres and do it with a turn which feels a lot shorter than what you would normally do, but then keep accelerating through the ball because the length of your backswing will determine how far it goes. Right, Charlie? That's correct. Yes. So uh, make a much shorter backswing than you think and keep accelerating, and that is the way to hit those shots. Random Tiger stat, converting 54-hole leads, co-leads on the PGA Tour. All players last 15 years, 35%. Rory McIlroy, 55. Tiger Woods, 93.2%. Wow. That's Crazy. how Nick O'Hearn beat him. Nick 2 and O'Hearn in match play golf. You said you had to be ahead of him at the first round, and you were, or the first hole. Uh, that's a story for another day. Nick, enjoy the Open. And you. Thanks, Sam. Speak to you next week. Thanks, Charlie.